What's up, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Epic Nation podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rarosia, a.k.a. PM is what they call me. I get the blessed privilege to lead the greatest group of people in the world, the partners of the Epic Nation, man. If you would have told me years ago that God would bless me and allow me to lead creative, gifted, generous, God-fearing, trend-setting, go-getting groups of people from around the world, not just in a in a central location. I grew up where church was done in communities and cities, but God has allowed us the opportunity to recreate that that was done in the book of Acts, allowing us to be one church in multiple locations. You know, when you read your Bible, you see the church at Corinth, the church at Philippi. Well, these one church, multiple locations, God has allowed us to literally be a global church. And I'm honored that I get to lead. Okay, enough of that. You get a chance to peek in and listen to the podcast, whether you are a partner listening or someone who you just happen to stumble on and hear this podcast. We've been in a series called Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. I just need you to understand it this way. There's a lifestyle that God had in mind for each of us to live, and we've got to figure out what is that lifestyle. He didn't say that I, I come that you might know more about me. He said, no, I come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So he's talking about the quality of the life we live, not just things that we learn about him. That's not a Sunday. That's 168 hours in a week. So God is rich, according to Ephesians 1, and Jesus is famous. So we are on a series, the lifestyle that every believer must live of both the rich and the famous. I'm telling you, that's your spiritual gifts. You got to be rich in that. That has to do with the fruit of the spirit, your emotional richness. The list goes on. Let me not be long-winded with it. Let's hop right into it. This message that you're about to check out now is, I got to admit, man, it's one of those times where I'm, I'm teaching it, but I'm listening at the same time. So check out this message from the series Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. Make sure you check us out every Wednesday at 7 p.m., every Sunday. All right, I'll talk to you in a minute. We are epic, empowering purpose, inspiring change. Chapter two, starting at verse number 48. Let's rock. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father. <laughs> why have you done this to us? Look, your father. Hold on, let me go back. Son, why have you done this to us? Here we go. Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I sought you anxiously. Like you got me and your father stressed out. Why have you done this to us? Why, didn't, why are you not where we expect you to be? Verse 49. And he said to them, why y'all was looking for me? You didn't know? That I had to be about my business, about my father's business. Verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Okay, let me back that thing on up. Put it in reverse. Okay. Uh, they came, his mother comes. Jesus, Jesus, why'd you do this to us? Man, your father been looking for you for three days. That's the context. They've been looking for three days. Why'd you do this to us? He like, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? The mother and the father got to be thinking, which one? <laughs> because Joseph know, I'm your daddy, but I'm kind of not your daddy. And Mary know, Joseph your daddy, but he kind of not your daddy because God the father is your daddy. So whose business you going to be about? Are you doing 
heavenly ministry or are you doing earthly ministry? What kind of work you into, Jesus? What kind of business you about? Are you about heavenly business or earthly business? Oh, let's talk. I want to preach using as a subject, I'm about my business. I'm about my business. I'm about my business. Y'all already know I feel like turning up. I'm about my business. Let's pray. Father, it's because of you that I get the blessed privilege to talk to your most prized possession, your people. I'm so honored that you give me the opportunity to touch people from around the world. I would not want to live in any other time than a time that I can stand in a room and stream across the world. God, I bless you for allowing me the privilege, honor, and opportunity to share this message with your people. But most importantly, don't let me just teach a message. Let this be the marching orders. Don't let our heads listen while our hands stay idle. Don't let our ears hear while our feet stand still. God, don't let us sit to pray, but don't get up to get to work. Move us in a way that we take action to change our lives forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me calm down. Uh, somebody holler at your boy and say, teach me something. Very early in the message. Teach me something. Okay, so check this out. Here's what I need, here's what I need you to understand. Now, I want to teach first. This is where you write notes, okay? This is where you write notes. Two things has to happen. You, 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 you are going to use your, you're going to use your cell phone, your iPad, or your notes for storage and memorization. You're going to use your mind for creativity. Don't confuse the two. All right. So you can be creative, but you need memorization, not just creativity. So check this out. Before you ever before you were ever a person, you had purpose. Please remember this. Before you were ever a person, you had purpose. Please remember it. Now I'm going to say it again. You had purpose before you were a person. I'll word it easier. You had purpose before you were a person. So what God created was purpose. What your mother and father created was person. What God created was purpose. You as a person is the container of what God created, which is purpose. So God creates your purpose, places you in your mother and father's womb, and you became a person. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you, throw in another one because you're smart. Now, you had purpose before you were a person. You were a person before you had a paycheck. I'll be right back. See y'all in a minute. God, you had purpose before you were a person. You were a person before you ever, ever, ever had a paycheck. Man, so if I understand this, then I understand that I was not created for a paycheck. My purpose, my purpose attracts a paycheck, but I wasn't created for a paycheck. I was never made to chase money. Money was made to fund my purpose. So God has to make sure money is attractive to me based on my purpose. So I didn't have the ability to do the business of God by fulfilling my purpose. I had purpose before I was a person. I was a person before I ever had a paycheck. If I understand that, then I remember you remember what I told you last week, that your net worth and your self-worth should not be in the same bank account. That because I had purpose which is an unlimited supply of God's intellect, his creativity. Do you not understand that my gift is housed within my purpose? That my purpose is the womb that holds my gift, holds my talent, holds my, holds my skill. My relationships are connected to my purpose. My life fulfillment, my joy, my excitement, my zeal, my creativity. My, if you ever want to see a frustrated person, see a person who is living, breathing, and existing, but living outside of purpose. 
It is similar to watching. I went last week with my brothers to watch, to, to go fishing. And if you ever want to see what a person looks like living outside of purpose, watch somebody go fishing. What it is, is life is attempting to do what we did when we went fishing to pull you out of your environment. The job of a fisherman is to stand on land, reach into the water and pull the fish out of his environment. And ultimately, if the fish is not in this environment, the fish dies. The man wins and the man is fulfilled because we got something to eat. But the fish has to die. I'm saying to you, if you ever want to see why you're floundering. Oh, here go the fish. If you ever want to see why you're floundering. If you ever want to see why it seems as if your oxygen, your flow, your excitement, your zeal. You, like to wake up every day with no motivation. You know, I just feel off. It is, chances are it's because you, you are on an ongoing chase to get a paycheck. And to figure out who you are as a person, but you have you have never desired to go after purpose. It is when because remember, I had purpose is what God created before I was a person. I was a person before I ever had or needed a paycheck. And if I can get in purpose, the environment that celebrates and accommodates what I have. Come on. The fish needs the water because it's got fins. <laughs> but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb trees, it looks like an idiot. <laughs> and I'm saying to you, if someone judges your success in life by your ability to do what is not your purpose, you will always look like a failure and feel like one. So what I'm after today, if you're going to be about your business, the first business that you ought to be about is working in and working on purpose. Write that down. First business you should be about is working in and working on purpose. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Working in and working on purpose. What do you think? Charles, you, you head now, you with me? Charles, you with me? Hey, listen, I want to say y'all are like my deacons that's in the pulpit right now. Like Y'all like the deacons that used to sit up there in the pulpit. That, that you like, preach, Rev. <laughs> Hey, it's, it, I won't feel no type of way if you unmute yourself and holler at your boy because I need that kind of carrying on. I need that type of energy. I'm on that. Okay, so if you had, so if what God created was not your paycheck, what God created was not you as a person, what God created was your purpose. You don't look like God in terms of you being African-American, Caucasian, Latino. God is not 5'10", 5'11", 6'1". God does not have long hair, blue eyes, short hair. So your person don't look like God. Your purpose does. <laughs> your paycheck don't look like God. Your purpose does. So what we, what, what's happening is, why am I not balling out of control? Why am I not living the lifestyle of the rich and famous? That's what series we're in. Because, because we are suffering through mistaken identity. I look like my mama and my daddy. I don't look, see, imagine if Jesus looks like Joseph but doesn't look like my, his father. He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. Who he's talking about? I look like purpose. I don't look like Joseph. <laughs> oh, I, I don't look like my paycheck. I don't look like my person. See, God is not African-American. God, God didn't grow up in the hip hop era like me. God did not. He, did, he wasn't raised in 1980. He wasn't born May 17, 1984. He does not have the things that, that fuel him and is the, the intellectual stimuli or the behavior patterns that influence my life. The thing that God created 
that if I'm going to be about my father's business, money, please hear this. Money is grossly attracted to purpose. If you ever say it again, boy, money is attracted to purpose. Yeah, my, money don't care about no person. It'll go to anybody. M money is money is, is a flirt. Money is money kind of loose. Money kind of money money one of, one of them. It don't really matter who it is. Money is kind of just out there. I mean, it don't matter who pocket it end up in. It don't matter who bank account is in. Money don't care about people. Money care about purpose. Oh yeah, so money is attracted to purpose. So if you find yourself without. Chances are you have abandoned purpose to pursue, to pursue money or paper, so to speak. And if you abandon purpose to pursue paper, you are chasing after what's supposed to chase after you. You are going after what's supposed to go after you. Oh, my God, on Wednesday, I'm going to teach you. When, do y'all remember the scripture? E Charles, y'all remember that scripture when, when the man was talking to Jesus and he said, for I'm a man that is in authority and under authority. Do y'all remember that scripture? And he said, if I tell my servants to go here and they go there. Oh, God. Okay. Let's go there. Let's go there. Ch Charles, can we pull this up? I want us to see it. When he said, I'm a man that's in authority and under authority. I want to pull that up. I want to I pause, parenthetically digress, so I can end this point. Under authority and in authority. Let's pull this scripture up. I didn't plan on going here. Uh, somebody get that for me in the comments. Uh, let's, let's just teach today. I want y'all to see this scripturally because I want to teach you a concept. Then I'm going to go into this. When Jesus says, when the man says to Jesus, I think it's in, found in Matthew. I want to say like Matthew 8. Let me look and see. Matthew, I think it's in Matthew 8. Yep, Matthew 8. There it is, Matthew 8. I'm going to start at uh, verse, if you got it, write down Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 8. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Put that up on the screen for me. Put that up on the screen for me, Charles. There it is. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Say it again, boy. For I also am a man under authority. I'm in purpose. Having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come. And he comes until my servant do this and he does it. Please hear this. I'm going to unpack it more as we progress forward. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Don't just see this as a soldier talking about his servants. Don't just see this as a man talking about Jesus. It shows you the power you have when you are in purpose to command money. It shows you when you are in purpose that you can tell money, come. <laughs> you can tell money, go. Because money is a servant. Its job is to go out and do whatever you tell it to do. Money don't have no sense. You got to have some. <laughs> money don't have no, no S-E-N-S-E, -S -E, but it's got C-E-N-T-S. Money has no sense. You got to have some. So your job is like the servant to tell money. Listen to this. Listen to this. Please hear this. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is, everybody. Here it. Here it. Here. I can tell money, hey, money, protect my health. How does money protect my health? Buy me healthier food. Hey, money, money, pay for a trainer. Hey, money, money, put me in a nice environment so I don't, I'm not stressed out or in fear for my life. Money is a servant that can protect me. The Bible says that money is a defense. I didn't make this up. It's a scripture. 
Money is a defense, but it's a servant to serve me in my life and to serve my purpose. I, hey, money, money, do me a favor. I'm hungry. Money, go get me something to eat. Money, hey, money, I want a TV. Get me a TV. I tell money what to do for me. Hey, money, buy me a car. Hey, money, pay the car note every month. Hey, money, put gas in the car. Hey, money, pay for internet. Hey, money, I want a cell phone. Go get it. Now, here's the problem. Most people don't command their money to be a servant. So somebody like me who is commanding my money to go and get yours, your money gets lost and ends up in the pockets of somebody who is in purpose commanding money. Huh? If you don't tell your money what to do, if you don't command your money, somebody who commanded their money will make your money subservient to their marketing, their branding, their product, their red bottom, their Gucci, their Louis, their Prada. If you don't command your money, Apple's going to command it. If you don't command your money, the hairdresser's going to command it. If you don't command your money, oh, there is all, there's a restaurant right now that's saying money come, and it comes. But if I'm telling you, if you're in purpose, absolutely, money is a servant. It, now, here's my problem. If you spend all your money to dress up your person, you cannot fund your purpose. If you spend your money on your person, you cannot fund your purpose. And there is nobody more frustrated than a well-dressed person who has paid for their person, but they are broke and cannot afford to fund their purpose. Oh, Lord. Spending more for what, what, what goes on me instead of what goes in me. That I don't mind spending for what I put on me. But I have a hard time. You want how much for an educational course? You want how much for a book? You want how much for this? Because I can spend for what I put on me. But I got a problem spending on what I put in me. Oh, that's why we don't respect investing into spiritual things. Because we don't invest in what's in us. See, when people have a hard time investing in the kingdom of God, it's because they've gone their whole life and expect to receive from purpose, not to give to purpose. Oh, you had purpose before you were a person. You were a person before you needed a paycheck. Your paycheck is supposed to be attracted to your purpose. And if you're trying to get your paper up, here go the secret. Blues clues, number one. Name anybody that's more wealthy than a person you see in purpose. Hey, I know, hey, I know worship leaders that I watched service early today that were singing. People were watching, but they didn't get millions of dollars. But I see Beyonce sing and she gets millions. When, when a person finds purpose, paychecks chase them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Marcus, make it make sense. Move along, move along. Uh, but the Bible says to me, please, is this making sense to y'all? I, and here's what I got to get y'all to understand. I'm, a, I'm an abstract teacher, so I teach this in an abstract like art. I don't teach in terms of this pedagogical structure, point one, point two. I'm an abstract teacher. So it's, it's always undertones, almost like art, music, hip hop. You, if you ain't from the culture, you don't know it. Right? So it's all these threads. Hear this. Hear this. Here's those abstract part. Bible says, by faith, we know. That the worlds were framed. This is Hebrews 11. By faith, we know that the worlds were framed. That all things made were made 
All things that we can see by made, were made by things we cannot see. I'm trying to go very slow. So by faith, we know that the world was framed. I want to grab that piece. So if I was in a house trying to hang up a picture, we're going to say here, I was trying to hang up this picture. I would ask you all, hey, let me know if it's crooked or if it's straight. I can't see it because I'm too close up on it. You're like a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. That I am trying to frame my alignment to make sure that everything that I'm hanging is even. The Bible says that by faith, we know that the worlds, how the cosmos, the arrangement of God's order has been framed. That God made sure that my life was in alignment, my purpose, my person, and my paycheck. How I teach, boy, by faith I know. That my world, that God put, oh, if the, if the solar system ever stopped moving, something collapses and runs into each other. That everything must move in a sequence. Everything must move in an order. Everything must move in this symbionic thread that I cannot be about my father's business and be only about purpose and ignore my person or I get burned out. I cannot be about a person and ignore my paycheck or I will live broke confessing faith saying God can do anything. By faith, I know that the worlds, <laughs> teach one, are framed. That everything moves. Oh, God, here go my purpose. Is it even yet? No, 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 no. Your person is out of order. Okay, here go my person. Is my purpose even yet? No, a little to the left. <laughs> God, here go. Okay, I got my purpose. I got my person. How I'm going to pay for it? You never focused on commanding your money. <laughs> By faith, we know. That the worlds were purpose, person, paycheck. Somebody say it with me. Purpose, person, paycheck. Let it drill down in your spirit. Purpose, person, paycheck. Come here, come here, come here. Where you at? Pay attention. Oh, hat to the bag and I got my pants real low. All right, here we go. Uh, purpose, person, paycheck. Oh, God, they still not getting it. They still not getting it. Purpose. Person, come on, type it in the chat. I need you to know by faith I know that my world is framed, that God created my purpose. My parents birthed my person, and it's my job to get in purpose to produce a paycheck. Uh, God, you got my purpose. Uh, I just got a commanded purpose, person, paycheck. If you ever get this order out, if you ever mess up the alignment, if you ever mess up the order, you can have a car with a great engine, but if it's out of alignment, you still cannot go where you need to go. I need you to understand that you need all three in alignment. God has not abandoned you, but chances are you are making purpose decisions being led by person. You are making purpose decisions being led by paycheck. I need you to frame the order. Oh, uh, readjust, 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 readjust. And, and you think that I'm saying... Go top heavy on purpose. But no, not at the expense of your health. Because once you find purpose, it's easy to be so addicted to it that you ignore your person. You got purpose needs and person needs. There are things in your person that are pleasurable but are not purposeful. God created the world that way. That he made things for purpose, but he also made things for pleasure. The greater lights and the lesser lights. When he decorated the earth, he decorated the earth for pleasure. Oh, but there's certain things he made for purpose that the ground's got to produce for man to eat. That's purpose. 
But there are things in your person you need for pleasure. See, I love singing, but I don't make no paper off of it. Oh, that's for my person. I love music. But for my purpose, I need the word. For my person, I love, I love certain things. I love to travel. But for my purpose, I need to be sitting still. If you don't understand that you need all three, I need purpose. I need person. Oh, but don't get it twisted. Don't think that money is nasty. Oh, money is a spiritual thing. I still need paper. <laughs> Sips water. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Oh, Lord, I need purpose. Somebody type it in there. I need all three. 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 Lord, I need all three. I need all three. Oh, Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. God, help me. I need all three. I need all three. I need all three. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Okay. Calm down, Marcus. Calm down, Marcus. Calm down, Marcus. Oh, everybody with me. Stay here. Everybody with me. Everybody with me. Oh, all three. All three. Hey, what did they say? What you want? This, this, or this? All of them. 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 Okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as we transition into our text, I think it is important for you to understand. And what I'm talking about being about your business before I get last week, I talked to you about I let you see a grown Jesus who pulls up on a grown man who's been sick for 38 years. I'm talking about grown man, Jesus, grown man, Jesus dealing with a grown man at the pool of Bethesda, John five, sick for 38 years. Well, I figured that it would do us. A benefit if we talking about purpose, talking about person, talking about paper or paycheck. If I'm watching a grown man Jesus last week, Marcus, I want to see the origination of Jesus' purpose. So this week I decided to go to baby Jesus in Luke chapter two. <laughs> because if you see grown man Jesus functioning in purpose, you ignore the growth process of baby Jesus. When how he had to so I watch in Luke when he's born of, of a virgin woman and I watch him grow up. And when we land in our text, please hear this. Please hear this. When we land in our text, we land and when when Mary and Joseph comes looking for him, we're looking at a 12 year old Jesus. He is not a grown man. He is 12 years old. Some some theologians say between 10 and 12. Why is this important? Y'all know I preach in a circle. I'll explain to you about him being a tecton from the time of being 10 to 30. And I'm going to explain a tecton again. The career that he had from 10 to 30, but, and then from 30 to 33, he was the teacher, the Messiah, the Savior. So I see his work for his spiritual father for three and a half years, but I see the work for his natural father from 10 to 30. When Mary comes to him, it is in the initial phases can, can I teach y'all some history real quick? Can I give y'all something else? How do I know the the how do I know the income, the wealth, the family dynamic that Jesus grew up in in terms of his, of his standing? How do I understand this? Y'all want to see it? Y'all like your Bible? Go to Luke chapter two. Let me show y'all this really quick. Look at this. Y'all gonna peep this? Peep this? Peep this? Peep this? This is only this is only for a few of y'all. This ain't for everybody that don't love the Bible. Check this out. Check this out. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, towards the end of the text, it says, let's see what they bring. Verse 20, verse 24, verse 24, Luke chapter 2, verse 24. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 24. Okay. So we understand Jesus is presented in the temple for the first time. It says, and to offer... Uh, and to offer sacrifice according to what is said in the, law, in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is what Joseph and Mary offered for Jesus. A turtle dove or two young pigeons. A turtle dove or two young pigeons. A turtle dove or two young pigeons. Now, to the untrained eye, you're like, that don't mean nothing to me. I mean, I don't think I've ever given a turtle dove. <laughs> I don't think I've ever uh, given a pigeon. It... Now, it was the, the barter or exchange of their time, right? But peep this. According to the law of Moses in Leviticus, remember, please write this down. According to the law of Moses in Leviticus chapter number 12, verse number 8, they get two options of what they can give. You can give one sacrifice, but if you cannot afford it, you can give a turtle dove or a pigeon. Moses gives them a caveat if they cannot afford the original offering, you're still obligated to giving on your level. Teach boy, teach boy that the gift that they give for Jesus growing up in a working class family, his family could not afford the, the original offering. So Mary and Joseph gives the substitute offering of a turtle dove and a pigeon. It is the offering of those that do not have means or wealth. <laughs> boy, I'm so prepared for y'all today. Oh, I'm so prepared for y'all today. Why is this important, Marcus? Because it is important for you to know that you are not with excuse because you come up in a family that could not afford what you think should fund your purpose. Your purpose is going to attract what you need. I wanted you to be without excuse that Jesus didn't come from bread. Jesus didn't come from money. Jesus didn't come from paper. But born of a virgin woman in a working class family, they give the... Uh, but oh, And I'm saying that even though they didn't have, they were still givers. Oh, he come from a giving family, a giving spiritual father and a giving natural father. Jesus is a giver. Okay. All right. Y'all didn't want all that. Oh, so when we land in our text, verse 48, and then I'm out of here. Verse 48. Everybody still with me? Verse 48. Verse 48. Shell Dixon, what's up, girl? Good to see you. How your mama them? How your daddy them? Give me a virtual non-corona hug. High five. All right, hand sanitizer for everybody. Hey, it's good to see everybody. Okay, so check this. Verse 48, that's when I started in my text. I'm in my text now. Charles, see how we bought the whole thing full circle about my father's business? Now we in the text. I can't wait to teach y'all how to put this together. Okay, so verse, 40, verse 48, verse 48, he says now, that's when his, mom, his mama run to him and say, so when they saw him, They've been looking for him for three days. They left him, and they come back and find him in the temple. Now, what they tripping on is, the Bible says when they look for him, they look for him amongst family and friends. They don't expect him to be in the temple. Jesus is drawn to the environment of his purpose. Oh, God, let him, let, are y'all connecting these dots? Are y'all connecting these dots? He's a person but he's a person living outside of purpose. His mama and daddy can't prepare him for purpose. They prepared his person. So Jesus now, they're looking for him amongst family and friends because the conditioning 
Oh, it's for him to be in this environment, but Jesus is drawn to the environment of his purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me tell you a quick story. Come on, put the kids to bed. Let me tell you a quick story. So one day, everybody ready? Let me tell you a story. So one day, put just me on the screen, Charles, just for a second. Just me, just me. Everybody ready? Everybody ready? Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one day, a fish, hear this? One day, a fish and an eagle fell in love. One day, a fish and an eagle fell in love. An eagle was flying in the sky. It looked down, saw the fish come up to the top of the water and go, the eagle swoops down, picks up the fish. They get up in the air and the fish said, don't ever leave me. The eagle says, I never want to leave you. And they fell in love, but they got one problem. Where would they live? Because the fish can't live in the sky and the eagle can't live in the water. The eagle can visit the water, but it can't live there. Oh, somebody make it make sense. If the two fall in love, where will they live? This, my friends, is what happens when you fall in love with people outside of purpose. Oh, God, help me. The environment that you're supposed to be in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, no matter who you love, what you love, you cannot live outside of purpose. What is happening? Okay, you can put us back on the screen. What is happening to people is that the mother and father are looking for Jesus to be in the environment that does not allow for his purpose to grow. It does not allow for his purpose to live. Why are you looking for me amongst my family and friends instead of in the house of God preparing myself to grow in my purpose? He was born with purpose, but if he don't get in that environment, his purpose can't grow. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay so I got to teach you something I, been, I said I was going to teach okay so the first thing I learned here write notes I'm seeing the conditioning of his parents the conditioning of his parents the conditioning of his parents now let's make this practical let's take this out of first century first century modernity into, into 21st century contemporization okay now hear this preachers those of you who are teachers Anytime you teach, you ought to build a bridge between the first century text and the 21st century time you live and walk back and forth across the bridge with your content. So we are talking about Jesus and I painted the picture of what's going on with him in the temple. But y'all like, I don't spend time in temples. That ain't my purpose. So I got to build a bridge to go from Jesus now that I got the framework of that into 21st century that is relatable and practical for you. That's what good teaching does. I just got to let you know what you're eating. It's like a chef explaining. So what this is, is a steak. It's been caramelized for 15 days. What we do is we pan sear it on both sides. I'm explaining you to the meat that you're eating. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Conditioning now. Conditioning. We are conditioned in our context and in our day and time. Here's how we're conditioned. Our parents have conditioned us whenever I have a need financially, go get a job. Now, I'm not saying don't work, but here's the problem with that. In their time, a job was a sense of security. In our day and time, we have lived through recession and now pandemic. A job is not a sense of security for us. In their day and time, success was a college degree. In our day and time, the Forbes list is filled with those that never finished, but those who found purpose, wrapped it in creativity, innovation, and sold it to the world. So our conditioning from a very early age, we don't have strong, especially in the African-American community, Pastor Marcus, come on. In the African-American community, we have been brought up under the American dream. But for the African-American person, the American dream has been the American nightmare because we have been locked outside of housing. 
We have been locked outside of education. We have been locked outside of boardrooms, unable to secure our own financial future. Mounting debt and student loans is not the American dream. It is the dream that keeps the American economy flowing while our personal economy fails. The environment for every purpose is not school, but the environment of every person is also not entrepreneurship. It is important for you to learn what's my environment. Oh God, I'm teaching. For some of us to accommodate our purpose, we need a college education. And for some of us to accommodate our purpose, we do not need it. That is nothing more than, than our ability to have more degrees than a thermometer so people will celebrate our person. Yeah, I graduated with, with honors from Harvard. <laughs> it, it, is for us, it is for our person to be celebrated. So I'm saying to us, conditioning starts early. Conditioning starts early. What is the conditioning you had surrounding conflict resolution? What is the conditioning you had about emotional security, about relationships? What is your conditioning... Man to woman, I, in, in some of our cultures, my conditioning of relationship was men have more, how many girlfriends you got? That's conditioning. Conditioning around how you make money, the purpose of money, the purpose of work, the purpose of wealth, the purpose of worship. What is God's role in your life? That's conditioning. The early conditioning of, his, of Jesus' parents, they are conditioning him to hang, to hang around friends and family and to go yearly for worship, but they have now made their giving a duty, not something that you do out of honor to God. So check this out. The Bible tells me in Luke chapter 2 that they went yearly, took the same offering, went to the same place. I'm talking to somebody who realizes I'm not going to. If, if you will listen to this, here's my point. They go looking for him. They go to the same place yearly and look for him in the same place. I come here to tell somebody that the people that I pastor are the brightest and smartest people. If you're looking for me in the same place you found me in 2020, I ain't going to be there. <laughs> if you're looking for me in the same place that I was in in 2019, I ain't going to be there. I'm talking to somebody. If, you expect, if they expect you to be where you were emotionally, financially, mentally, where you were in August of 2020 and 2021, I ain't going to be there. The problem is not the problem is not you looking for me. The problem is where you look for me at. If you oh boy, if you expect me to still be living in the sadness that you left me in, you're looking in the wrong place. If you expect I turn up, turn up. If you expect me to be living in the same hey man, that boy driving a what? Man, last time I saw you, you was in a, I know you didn't expect me to be living and on the same level that you found. Huh? Hey, 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 hey what, you, what you doing tonight? It's Saturday. Oh, I'm just getting, I'm just doing some reading, getting ready for service tomorrow. What? Normally you turn up. You expect me to be living in the same section I was in in my college years now that I'm, if you look for me in the same place year after year after year after year after year, why is your expectation for me to not move, grow, get things popping, keep things shaking? Why is that your expectation? If you look for me in the same place that you found me, you will not find me. Can I go deeper with this before I move to my next point? Can I go deeper with this? Holler back at me. You got me up. What'd you say? You got me messed up. If you think that year after year, remember the Bible says year after year, they went to the temple, offered a sacrifice and then left. 
and they're looking for Jesus. They're watching this man grow from up. Now, they know at his birth, people came and celebrated him and said he's the Messiah. And they expect him year after year to not gravitate towards purpose. You know my person, but you don't know my purpose. You know my person. Oh, that's just Marcus. Ah, uh, yeah, but nah. Uh, oh, that's just David and Vernet Rose's son. Yeah, but no. I got some more. I got some more titles attached to my name. New responsibility. I'm in purpose. It, I'm author. I'm speaker. I'm pastor. I'm friend. I'm mentor. I got a few other things that's attached to me. Ah, uh, yeah, but no. Ain't that Joseph and Mary's son? Yeah, but no. <laughs> ain't that Elaine from? Yeah, but no. Ain't that Charles? Ain't that? Aren't you, isn't that Michelle who did the videography? Well, yeah, but no, I got videographers that work for me around the world. Ain't that, yeah, but no, I got, I got, I, I, I'm, I'm the same person, but I'm not in the same place. <laughs> Somebody type that in the comments. I'm the same person, but I'm not in the same place. Oh, oh, oh. I'm the same person, same me, same moral, same integrity. Man, you were so funny. I'm still funny. Man, you so down there. I still am. Hey, man, so let's hang out tomorrow. I ain't got time. <laughs> what, what you mean you ain't got time? Oh, I'm the same person. Man, you man, you remember Money Mark from back in the day? Yeah, that's me, bro. That's me. From Lynn Haven. Yeah, that's me. Man, that boy, that crazy. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> man, what's up with you? So what you doing tonight? Uh, I'm busy. Busy? Yeah, I'm the same person. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. You... You still, you still like doing such and such? Yeah, I do. Why you don't do it? <laughs> I've changed. I got more responsibility. You're the same person, same integrity. I still love God. <laughs> oh, but I'm in purpose, and my purpose requires. Can I make one big statement? One big statement, one big statement, one big statement. One big statement. Listen to this. All an answer prayer is is an invitation to more responsibility. <laughs> oh. When your purpose starts attracting your paper, listen to me. All that is required is for the person to change to be able to manage the paper and the purpose. The person has to be developed. This is why people are struggling. Your purpose is elevating. Your paper is elevating. But you as a person has not grown. <laughs> uh, okay. I told you I was going to go deeper with the text and then we're getting out of here. I'm still in conditioning. Last piece, they look for the same person, but he's not in the same place. This was the problem with the disciples. The disciples go looking for Jesus' person, but Jesus' person had been crucified, but his purpose had been fulfilled. Oh, they, so he says, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended, that they are looking for him even when he go, even when he takes them to the foot of the mountain and gets ready to ascend in Acts chapter number one. They try to gravitate and hold on to him because they are trying to hold on to his person. But his purpose can't be fulfilled until he goes to sit at the right hand of his father in heaven. Oh, people will try to hold on to your person, preventing you from living out your purpose. Oh, I came to tell somebody, hey, and he says, I got to say, I got to say, you got to say to people what Jesus says to Mary, I love you, but touch me not. <laughs> AKA, hey, don't put your hands on me. Don't, don't, don't try to lock me into how you met me. Oh, don't try to lock me into how you met me. Okay, verse 49. I'm in verse 49. I'm out of conditioning now. I'm in verse 49. And I will end here. 
didn't you know? He said, why, why, why'd you seek me? The same person in the same place. Why didn't you expect me to grow and be about my business? The child me would play games and be around family and friends, but my mind has changed. <laughs> ah, my mind has changed. Now, here's why I named this message this. I'm about my business. <laughs> oh, the 12-year-old Jesus who now is about his business. I'm talking to somebody. I ain't, you're not 12. You're 30, 35, 40. You got to be, some of y'all are old enough now that somebody got to be way more than fine to get your attention. Listen, you done, you done said oops, ouch, and handed your heart to too many people that now you're about your business. The business of relationship, business of finance, business of love. You want sound friendships. If they're not talking about big things popping, you like, hey, my big purpose don't got time for small conversations and small minds. <laughs> My big purpose cannot fit in small minds and small conversations. Okay, verse 49, and he says to him, put me back up there. He says to him, why did you seek me? Did you not know? Did, did, why did you seek me? Did you not know? That I must be about my father's business. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. I don't understand. Oh, oh. Mary and Joseph represent people in our life that they can talk and speak to my person. But when I start talking purpose, I got to get around a new group of people. <laughs> oh, he can talk purpose with the rabbis, the, the sages. But he can't talk purpose with his family and friends. Here is why some people find it very difficult. It's because they are trying to have purpose conversations with their parents. And their parents say things that is based on how they used to live and say, I don't know, man, it's kind of risky. They love you. They mean the best. But their conditioning, verse 48, is trying to give you, they're trying to give you advice on your purpose. And they are trying to condition you for the world as they knew it instead of the world as you will live it. Their advice is to condition you for the world as they knew it. But they are not conditioning you for the world as you know it. So they are, they, they're not wrong. They're not being mean to you. They love you so much. They are trying to make sure that you color within the boxes and the lines of what they picture as success. And Jesus says to them, didn't you know that I got to be about my father's business? I'm not going to have time to do anything else because I went way too long. Here's my last two points. Jesus now is 12 years old, and here's the big point that I want you to walk away with, the practicality of it all. Please hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this. Where? Verse 50. Verse 50. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And here's what I want you to get. Go, go to, he, he goes on now, and he, the Bible says that he subjected himself to them, and he left with them. Verse 52 ends by saying, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, favor with God. And with man. Oh God. I'm going to end with that. And Jesus grew. And wisdom. And stature. Favor with God and with man. I'm not going to unpack all of them. But it's two points I want to give you. Write this down. First point I'm going to give you. I'm going to deal with discernment. Come here. Discernment versus awareness. I want you to write that one down. Discernment versus awareness. And then I'm going to deal with that. Jesus grew in, in wisdom and stature. Favor with God and with that Favor with God and with man. Dealing with that whole favor and grace piece. Favor and grace piece. Wednesday night, man, going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. 
Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, favor with God and with man. Okay, so we're gonna deal with we're gonna deal with that discernment versus awareness. Okay, now peep this. Peep this. Peep this. Everybody ready? And are y'all did y'all make sure y'all write down all these scriptures? Yes, no? Did y'all write them down? Did y'all write them down? Got them. Okay. Got them. All right, so check this out. Here, with discernment versus awareness, here's what happened. Jesus has already discerned his life's purpose. He, let's define it now because you're probably listening saying, what's discernment? Discernment is your ability. Please, Father, help me to explain it. Ah, oh, okay. Discernment is your ability to hear the voice of God and see. Please hear it. Hear the voice of God and see in your world, what no one else can't, can't see. So I'll give an example. Someone looks at a tree and see a tree. Someone else looks at a tree and see that it can become a couch, a table, a chair. Discernment is the ability to see in your natural world and to hear from God to discern the potential of what it can become if you, if you took your purpose and put your hands on it. Oh, oh, say, say it again. Say it again, Marcus. Okay, so... In my natural world, there's things I can see with my eyes. I see you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I know ghetto gospel. Y'all will get this. When you, okay, so there's millions of men and women. You can discern which one is your husband or wife. Everybody else just see him as a man or a woman, but you discerned it. That's my wife. Discernment is your ability to hear and see the potential in something that is in your world. It is not just discerning what's happening spiritually, but you can see what nobody else can see. It is how you receive and God communicates to you and through you. You hear that? That's discernment. So everybody else, because here, here's how God works with you and why discernment is so important. God gives you discernment and places a seed in your heart. So God meant for you to have a way to sit down, but God don't make chairs. <laughs> oh, God means for you to have a way to make money, but God does not create dollars, cents, debit cards, credit cards, or bank accounts. So you have to discern the intent of a thing, put your purpose to it to produce for yourself. Ah, y'all getting it now. Discernment, y'all getting it now. It's where it are things that are in your world that you discern its potential. Now, those who've been rocking on Wednesday, you understand that, that diagram that starts with potential. Action and inaction, yeah. Result and reward, yeah. Belief and confidence. Your discernment that now recognizes a problem, not as a problem. When you see a problem, you see that your purpose is a solution for it. And then you move on it with discernment and it produces for you, okay, so how does discernment connect to awareness? How does this connect to Jesus? Jesus has discerned and knows he's the son of God. Joseph is my stepdaddy, not my real daddy. I can't wait till I teach about blended families and show you in that paradigm. But when, when, you, when you see this whole thing now, he discerns that he's God, but he's aware that he's not ready yet. If you have high discernment, but low awareness, you will live and go after opportunities that you are not ready for. Your discernment is how you interpret God. Your awareness is how you communicate it. Oh, how you process that information. So I can discern I'm supposed to be blank. My awareness says in my person, I ain't mature enough yet. <laughs> oh, Lord.
Get it, boy. I can deserve I want to be married. Okay, that's it. That's her. But am I aware of the fact that we ain't ready yet? I can discern in the business, but I got to be aware. Oh, Lord, this paradigm between SQ, PQ, EQ, IQ. I can't even get into it. I can't even get into it. This ideal spiritual intellect, emotional intellect, physical intellect, emo physical intellect, intellectual prowess that in my person, I've got to now have an awareness of spiritually I'm mature enough, but emotionally I'm not mature enough. So Jesus is spiritually mature enough to teach and the people are astounded by him and says, my, the Bible says that they were astounded by his teaching. But he's aware enough that although I can teach and my gift is strong, I'm not physically or emotionally mature enough. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, favor with God and with man. I end right here with the whole favor versus grace piece. God, Lord mighty, I wish I had time to teach you about it. Okay, and Jesus increased. Here's what I need you to know. Here's your marching orders. Why are we talking about get to work last week? And, my, and, and being about your business this week and the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Because we have been taught grace and we have been taught favor erroneously. We in, the, in, in this context of religious settings have been taught grace and favor in a way that, please hear this, hear it correctly. Grace and favor demands that I don't have to earn it, but it does not demand that I don't put forth effort. Grace and favor does not demand that I earn it. I get it from God. But it does not demand it. It doesn't demand. It does not allow me to not put forth effort. So we think that when God favors and graces me for a thing, I sit and wait. Grace don't, don't, does not mean I earn it. But it does mean that I need to put forth some effort. If I'm going to be about my business, why did Jesus have to learn? Why did he have to be intentional about his education? Because he has been favored in grace. Hail Mary for you are highly favored. And that that you are carrying is a holy thing. That he's been favored since before he was born. But he still has to put forth the effort to grow for 20 years. Before he can minister. 30 years before he can minister. I end with this with saying. You need to be about your business. But it needs to be the balance that What business? All three. The business you should be about is your purpose. We're back in the beginning. Your person and your paper. All three. All of them. All of them. Father, bless your people. From the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. May this message be the spark that lights their life up. Don't let them be the same after this. I know, I know, I know, I know I didn't give it to them the way you said it to me. God help me to better articulate and express the thoughts and oracles of God in a way that is systematic, in a way that is organized and structured. Father, let your people be blessed. Help them to get this. Help them to understand it. It will change their life, God. If they're listening to this and they think, wow, good message, help them to see beyond this religious rhetoric. Help them to hear beyond this thing they do on Sunday where they just sit and listen. God, let them revisit the notes. Let them study it. Let them see that all I've ever done is applied your word and you produced in my life. Every financial need I wanted didn't come out of prayer, but out of partnering with you in purpose. God, help them. As, a, as their pastor, God, give me new in, innovative ideas and concepts to best help serve them that they can live the lifestyle that you have for them. God, we're not supposed to be broke. We're not supposed to be impoverished. We're not supposed to be unhappy. Everything we need is attached to our work ethic. So, Father, we receive your favor and your grace. 
but we know it's going to take our effort. So I disrupt their normalcy. I disrupt the things in their life that allows them to live in a level of mediocrity, melancholy. Don't let them just wake up and live days with no respect for time, no respect for productivity. God, I push them now. Whatever you got to do, grow us up. Make us better. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I, if, you, if you got something out of this message, I want to invite you. I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church. We want to invite you to be a part of the Epic Nation. Listen, you say, where, where is your church? Everywhere. <laughs> where, hey, where, where can I find you? Everywhere. Hey, so what about I live in Chicago? Cool. I'll see you on Sunday. I'll see you on Wednesday. I'll see you throughout the week. What if I live, what if I live in California? Cool. Elaine is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Michelle is in. Where, where you at, Michelle? Michelle, where you live? Pittsburgh, Charles is, in te- Charles is in Texas. We got people from all over. We would lo- I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be connected with you. We would love to help you grow, not just in your faith, our core three, baby, spiritual life. We believe that you ought to grow in God. Professional life, we believe you ought to grow. I pray you got something out of today's message. We had to cut it short. Towards the end, but man, it got good to us. So I want you to do me one favor. If you're already rocking with the Epic Nation, I want you to get more involved, get plugged in there. There are multiple ways that you can be an active part of not just sitting in the stands and cheering, but you get a chance to get down on the floor and get your hands dirty and be involved in all that God is doing. So it's an honor to serve you, but it would be an even greater honor to serve with you. So make sure you get plugged in. I'll see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll see you Sunday, 12 p.m. You can check us out Facebook, YouTube, text. Well, come here. Listen to this. Whether you're riding in your car, wherever you are, text E-Nation to 74121 so you can stay plugged in. 74121, the word E-Nation. I'll see you in a minute. We are epic, empowering purpose, inspiring change.